Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit brumradio.com. Everybody, it's Barbara Nice here. Barbara's in Strice at Nice as in the Biscuit. We've been doing these sort of more or less daily. I found out you can't do everything daily. It's like you're on a rat race. Is it week seven now, Paul? Something I like lose that. picking We're time. We're actually close to our 50th episode of the podcast. This is like episode 48 or something. So we'll have to celebrate. You like me doing that, don't I do. you? He, he has, whenever I do that, if you're listening in, well, you've got ears if you're not listening in, you know, it's. He absolutely think he loves it. Look, he's going again. Right, so the 50th episode. It's like anything. When you start it off, you think, oh, I don't know how long this will go on for. 50 picking episodes. But of course, we've been doing more over the situation that's been going on. We didn't, it's sort of it is for six. Loads of work cancelled. I'm talking about particularly in the live entertainment sphere. Loads of work cancelled. Of course, I couldn't go into Brum Radio where we've been recording these in Paul's shed. Paul's been stuck at home with a Juliet balcony. And um oh, this podcast with Juliet Balcony. <laughs> so we've been managing to do this at the beginning. We was thinking, how can we pick and do? Went through all sorts of stuff, and we got it. We settled like many people into a routine. But what I've noticed is probably talked to Paul more than anybody else in um, really over all this. So when I talked to Paul this morning, immediately I knew something was different about it. What Talk could to that now, be? Paul. Hello, Barbara. Right now, for regular listeners. I want you to listen to Paul saying hello, Barbara, again. Go on. <laughs> hello, Barbara, again. <laughs> He's got a new piggy mic and it sounds good. Where did you get it from, Paul? It was found in a box during a rummage. It's an old microphone you'd use on a PlayStation to sing along to songs on a PlayStation game. Right. Now, I think it sounds very good. Now, a lot of people, you can't get this kind of sound equipment for love nor money on Amazon. If you wanted to get like a plug-in mic or something, you're waiting till august for summer so now i think that's very interesting and i think i might put a call out has anybody got a sing star mic that they wouldn't mind dropping off i'm putting on my wall i'll have it it sounds good paul honestly the quality is very very good that's good not here, not here to hear my microphone though no no we're here to hear guests and if you've not been listening before, we're using this opportunity to, the distance means nothing we talked to some in australia talking to people at distance, you know, Finland, we're trying to get in touch with a lad in New Zealand. I think that'll be next week now. And it's just been lovely to talk to people that over the years I've clicked with. And this guest we've got today, some clicks last a lifetime. And when we first met, I first met him. You know, as some of you know, I live in Birmingham. I'm twinned, really, between but Kings Eve, Birmingham and Edgerly Stockport. Those are my twins' places, really. And years and years ago now, we must be going, I bet we're going about 20-odd years. Pride, Birmingham Pride used to happen on a dirty L car park off her street. And I met him doing his act, Tina C. Now, if anybody out there knows Tina C, you'll know what a brilliant act it is. And I just really found the act funny. And then he took his wig off and... All his hair was pinned up underneath his wig. Got very nice long hair, this lad had then. And he's grown it again now, which is very nice. And I just thought, who is this? Who is this fella? And he's just been a very good friend to me, really, from then on. So, yeah, in the Barbara Nice and Friends category, this is a friend I know very, very, very well. And I also know he's technically brilliant. So I think he'll be coming in 
any I thought so there he is it's Christopher Green ladies and gentlemen the creator of Tina C and the brilliant Ida Barr but today I'm talking to Chris <laughs> Hello. Okay. How you doing, Barbara? All right, love. I've just been saying, love, to explaining to everybody, I'll talk to you properly in a minute, that I started off when this lockdown happened, love, doing these podcasts every day. Then after a bit, I thought, I can't pick and do this every day. We've got to have a rest, love, haven't we? We've got to have some mm. shape. That's what I'm saying. What's giving you structure at the moment, love, would you say, Chris? I would say only the Golden Girls on Channel 5 every lunchtime. <laughs> I don't know if everybody else is watching it, but yeah. It's literally the only thing that's immovable in my day. They're doing a double bill, so it's now 12.15. And I have to say, I got a bit panicky where I'm not sure I can commit to an hour every day. Um, <laughs> but um, I also, a bit like you, I think I was like, I can't do it every day. You know, it's, no. it's, it's a bit much, especially because I'm finding it ridiculously emotional, which was a surprise. Wow. I thought it was supposed to be Aww. funny, but I last saw it like when I was in my 20s and now I'm in my 50s. Suddenly it's not so funny anymore. <laughs> Ah, oh, so what in, what in particular do you think you go, you, you laughed at once and now you're crying at? What what bits? Um, well, because because they're all uh, either widowed or divorced. They got, <laughs> they're worried about their careers. They, it's just all the time. It's like, it's not funny anymore. You might as well just look in the mirror. <laughs> Save myself now, the bother. If anybody knows Christopher Green, he's the most wonderful performer, actor, entrepreneur. He's made some lovely stuff. We'll talk about some of the stuff. And he's done all these great characters. And when he looks in the mirror, he looks a million pig in dollars. He's got the most <laughs> lovely hair. You Listen, cock. He's from Macclesfield. Is anybody, if you're out there, from Macclesfield? I'm from Matlock. Just, Matlock. Matlock. Go HRT, rescue me. And you began with him. <laughs> That's woken him up. That's piggin' woken him up there as. <laughs> you're picking me <laughs> don't start go <laughs> don't no, get no me with bloody to Macclesfield right let's do that no. again then if you're from Matlock cheer now there was a cheer across the countryside and people stopping and going you don't often hear Matlock mention but it's a lovely place so he's from Matlock and he's a he's a good lad and I've known him a long time on this podcast I'm talking to people I've took a shine to over the years some people have only met once but other people have known a long time and the Christopher I am so I rang him up as we was talking before this I heard a clitter clatter and he said I have to go Barbara I'm having a delivery now what was it that was delivered Chris well, I'd like to say this was a rare occurrence in my life I'd like you to say that, not. but it's picky, seem... not, is it? <laughs> it's not true. I seem to be, um, I mean, yeah, I'm not at the therapy level for it, but, you know, I have a history of addictions. But right now, it seems I need an awful lot of things. And right, I, need, <laughs> I need them delivered pronto. But this was a special thing. I've decided that, you know, like everyone else, I'm not going out very much. I'm not interacting very much. I need a bit of luxury. And so I have splurged on a liberty dressing gown um right. which would be noel coward would be proud of it let's just good say i love noel um, i love noel yeah yeah exactly i mean it's a bit to be honest it's a little it's half noel half gertie which is probably where i've been <laughs> the most of my life um somewhere in the middle of that <laughs> that venn diagram and uh it's 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 very nice so it was delivered of course they left it on the doorstep and as soon as I hung up, I, I, I whipped it on to make sure I'd got the right size. And yes, it is. You know, small, small pleasures. And I think every day I put that on, I shall just feel a little bit, a bit special. And that's what we need, isn't it? It is what we need a bit special. And if, if you fancy, we can have a photograph of Chris in that in that new purchase. What I love is the fact that we had the clitter clatter. We talked, and then within a second, 
He'd had that pa- well, put the phone down. He'd had that packet ripped open, ladies and gentlemen. He'd had that dressing gown on and a photo taken. Yeah, it's I think in lockdown, we're all discovering, you know, our essential true selves. And, uh, right. and mine is I don't want to I'm not wasting time with other things. Uh, I'm not going to be pretending to be, you know, writing King Lear. I want to get my new dressing gown on. Of course, it, it looks bloody smashing it for a lad from Matlock. <laughs> Do you remember, love, was it your 18th birthday you went out in your grandma's pyjamas? And she said, I don't know what you're doing that for. Go on, was it? Something like that. <laughs> I forgot, no. It was my 16th birthday. Oh, and right. they were my grandmother's, um, uh, what do you call it? Like, it's not wince yet, but they were really nice. And they were, uh, they had um, blue flowers on them, little blue flowers. And yes, and my I came downstairs, and my dad said, "You're not going out wearing that." <laughs> and um, I said, well, "Well, and then I'm then I'm not going." And we had a standoff, and it went on for ages. And in the end, as was always bound to happen, he relented, and we went to the um, to the Indian restaurant in Matlock Bath, and I showed off giddy with giddy giddy with power, and I ordered a really hot curry and pretended it wasn't really hot, and then eventually my mum went, "Is it hurting?" And I said, I'm going to have to go outside for a minute. <laughs> what a great story. Oh, lovely with you in your sprigged yeah. pyjamas, Audrey of Indaloo, in Matlock. In, in my grandmother's pyjamas that she that she trying. It looked really, I mean, it looked very smart for 1986 or whatever it was. I'm sure yeah. you look piggy wonderful, <laughs> darling. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> When we was talking about that and I was imagining them sprig pyjamas and style and stuff, I saw something the other day. Unfortunately, little Richard's died, hasn't he? It was, wasn't he brilliant, Chris? Because yeah. Chris is a music amongst yeah. many things. After this, Google, if you don't know who I'm talking to her, Google him, you'll say, pigging it, this, this lad's, he's multifaceted, Christopher Green is. And he's a musician, a great songwriter and all that. And I saw I saw little Richard on this interview that he'd done with um, the BBC, a vintage one. Have you seen it? I saw that as well. Yeah, Aww. yeah, it's great. If, and he's completely, not... yeah. he's yeah, completely. On. Let's just say he's unique, and uh, it's just that self belief is really, uh, really thrilling. I, well, funnily enough, going back to exactly then, 1985, 1986, in Matlock, I, I, <laughs> there was a biography of him, and it really, really influenced me. Like it was, you know, I want to be that free and do do what i want and obviously i'm not quite that free but uh it but it definitely it definitely inspired me i can remember the book i remember the day i bought it and i remember the, the mm. quote from bet midler and it said this book is so hot the curlers popped off my head um, <laughs> i remember being so excited <laughs> i remember being so excited to have to have that book and i think you know that's why we need we need these people obviously as role models because otherwise they just show us you could be like that and they'll go well I don't want to be exactly like that but I want to be a bit like that yeah I so, was yeah. I was absolutely amazed by it you'll know because you're better at these things than me when was that interview done Chris that one with little Richard do you know love I don't know. It's, know it looked anyway. like the 70s didn't it it looked like the 70s um oh, god he's so but, and he was unbe- oh. It's in front of his time. Self-belief, even delusion. 
and even delusional belief, but also real joy about himself yeah. and his place in the world. You know, it's, I'm the originator. I, I'm the. <laughs> it's like it's absolutely wonderful. If I do yourselves, if I'm using this phrase a lot recently, do yourselves a pig in favour and look at that, and it just makes you think. Do you know what? I'm going into the back of my wardrobe and I'm getting that thing out and I'm putting it on and I'm going shopping. Wear what you're picking. <laughs> well, also, and you don't need to. <laughs> nobody needs to see it either. I, this, but honestly, I know I'm, I, there is more to me, everybody who might be listening, that uh, more to me than just dressing gowns in my grandmother's pajamas. No, of course, but they are a useful they are a useful metaphor because I was just deciding if we're not going to be going out much, I want to look nice around the house. Just because I happen to be on my own in my house at the moment doesn't mean to say I shouldn't dress up nice. And this morning, I did my hair, put an earring in for no reason <laughs> other than I just would do that normally. Do you know what I mean? It's like I can, think this we is can a spoil yeah, ourselves. We, it's a great tip, actually. I was talking to a lady, Sue Wiseman, uh, and she said she's going through a whole wardrobe. You know, she's working through all the shoes and putting them all on and stuff like that. I think it's good. Yeah, it is good. And it's like at first, it took me a while to transition out of uh, sweatpants. And I was very reluctant. <laughs> and I started going, are we going for hard pants or soft pants? <laughs> um, and it felt like too much just to put on like a you know a normal pair of trousers, and then and then I was like, no, I can get dressed up for myself. And sometimes I get changed in the evening, you know, just before <laughs> dinner. <laughs> Brilliant! Like you're on I a cruise. Changed. Like you're yeah, on, a man, cruise, on a cruise. <laughs> We're yeah. all on the coronavirus. No, thank God we're not. We're on the coronavirus cruise. That's right. We I've are. Got my own love. buffet. Um, and I just go up and eat. I'm, I'm eating too much, so the analogy holds true. Um, That's right. It's yeah, very good. similar to a cruise, isn't it? We'll all put a lot of pigging weight on. <laughs> Are you doing any exercise, love? Any top tips? I like your top yes. tips for dressing up. So any top tips for that now? Yes, spoil yourself. Um, I think be kind to yourself is the main thing. I'm I'm a runner anyway, and so I normally would go running three or four times a week, and so I'm doing exactly the same. And um, so but on my day when I don't go running I sometimes don't do anything and then I get a bit feel guilty like you know mm -hmm. the government say you're supposed to go out at least once a day and then I'm like we well, wouldn't normally so don't bother so don't beat yourself up if you're not uh, yeah. but you know that it will make you feel better that it always makes you feel even if you better. don't want to yeah and I think yeah. what you're saying there is important Chris don't feel guilty about if you're not doing picking things but I would recommend because well, who knows when we're going to come out of it. But if there are little jobs that are going to nag you, try and get them done. You don't want to come out of lockdown and go, I didn't pick and do that. Yeah, that might make you feel a bit bad. Get your little jobs done. But yeah, I think that's important. Now, Christopher, you are putting on an online show, aren't you? Tell us a bit about that because it's very exciting. The work that Chris Green makes is exciting. <laughs> well, um, so for years we've done... We've, I've, you know, done lots of different kinds of shows, including lots of comedy and cabaret stuff. And, you know, where we've done lots of gigs together, haven't we? Um, oh, loads. And loves. I'd be getting ready. I'd, yeah, we'd be in a dressing room and I'd be getting ready. And I, because I play these characters and I have to put lots of makeup on and put a wig on and get changed. <laughs> and it's yeah. all a load of bother. And I'd be saying to you, Barbara, look at you, you're just putting a comb through your hair and going on. It's only taking <laughs> you five right. minutes. And you know, it's right. taken me an hour and five. So, anyway, yeah. but, um, so I've done all these different shows. And then recently I've. Um, um, I've I've sort of had a different relationship to performing and not wanting to. So I'm, I did the show at the beginning of the year, or well, in February, March. Remember, remember that those are far off days, and um, mm -hmm. and it was called No Show, and it was about the whole idea of 
what if the performer doesn't want to perform because the thing that we've always can take for granted really is that the a performer will will want to perform will want to do it and as mm. we know barbara sometimes quite often you don't and Biggie you go through Jones. A complicated <laughs> yes so you, you have to go through a whole strategy <laughs> it's to make yourself do it and 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 some people might go well if you don't want to don't do it then we'll all stay we'll all stay at home but um mm-hmm. but it's quite a complicated thing when that relationship breaks down and it mm-hmm. and i was in interested in you know like the the younger members of the royal family don't want to be royal and Mm. uh, they don't want the responsibility of it and the and and the politicians they want the power but they don't really want the bother of everything you know they're not really stepping up and being leaders and what happens if a performer sort of reneges on that essential power relationship so it's called no show and basically it's about me sort of going well i might just stay at home so now um so (laughs) now it's brilliant because now i am at home (laughs) that's right um, brilliant um, brilliant and so i that's why right from when we finished it uh finished doing the run i'd announced that we were going to do it on zoom so the idea is that the audience up to 100 people all take part and um we all dial into zoom and then i basically go i don't want to perform and then they sort of basically tease that out of me and together we work out what's going on with me what's the point of performing is there any what's the point of some jokes and a bit of a song and a a, a, a bit of acting in the midst of a pandemic is there any point Really? I, is it important? I, is it useful? Yeah. Is it not? Yeah, all of this. I think it sounds very, uh, so very, very interesting. I, th- I think, Chris, it sounds very piggy and interesting because a lot of performers, they're, they're not able to perform at the moment. Everybody's work got cancelled overnight. And some people would say, well, does it piggy matter anyway? So I think it's interesting yeah. this because you're, you're, we're saying as performers, why should we do it? But it's interesting to hear from the audience in this interactive way why they want it as well and i've got a feeling because yeah. where did you do this love in the first place it went down very well so enough i did it in this really it, i did it in a really interesting place in east london called the yard which is a very you know trendy east london demographic and um and that was that was good for me to do it in that environment and i think that at the heart of it is um Often we don't, we just assume we know what people want want to watch. But actually, it's really good to say, well, what's enough for you? And what's theatre for you? And what's the essentials of, of theatre? Because actually, we don't probably don't need a lot of the stuff that we think we do. And it's uh-huh. just about being together and telling one person saying, oh, how about we do this? And everyone else goes, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. And so it's just this big thing of going, how would it be if... And so now lots of people are doing that on over over Zoom and over the internet and just like going, okay, now we're pretending to have a birthday party. Now we're pretending to be a pub quiz. You know, we, yeah. we're not because we're all separated, but, you know, the rules have changed. And this show just felt like it was, you know, I was kind of coming to the same conclusions about three months before. So it's, it's really exciting to do it online. And it's also funny uh, and I do sing and I do, and I do, do some yeah. acting. And so, you know, it's not like I refuse but but I do it sort of with the by teasing out what the audience really want. <laughs> right now, what this sounds to me is exciting in the art form, and like Chris is saying, there's so much going on, and that what he was doing before was going towards that anyway. So that's piggy and brilliant. And I love this idea that we're getting back to the performers in the audience, and we 
I've talked to somebody about this kind of DIY punk thing, which has always been very appealing to me, that we can just do our own thing and we can, not having to wait for somebody to say, you can do this, you can do that. However, having said all that, I know that, Chris, you're going through a proper theatre, which is brilliant because theatres need supporting. Mm. So what theatre is it going through, your piece of work, love? So it's the, the Yard. Um, so, yeah, the Yard is London. So people go to my social media, it would be linked to that or just look up the Yard. And it's Christopher um, Green. But yeah, it's great. But they support Christopher Green, no show. Yeah, brilliant. Um, uh, but there will be a show, potentially, or I might be busy, you know, or doing ah, uh, online shopping knows? and I will not be able to engage. That's the thing. Yeah. I might not be able to engage in that moment. But you know, you're saying about that whole punk aesthetic and stuff, which which I totally agree with. And for me, that that whole anybody can do it and that democracy of it goes way back because I'm, as you know, really interested in music hall and yeah. that generation of performer, which you could call punk in the same way. It had a DIY aesthetic to it where, you know, somebody would write a song or they get someone to write a song or they buy a song and then they'd get a costume together and then they would just do that for the next mm. 30 years mm. and, you know, they would just refine that act. And <laughs> a then bit like me, Chris. And they'd get paid... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like bloody me. That is a funny joke. I'll pretend to be an American country music singer. That'll see how far that'll take me. Took me a long way. Great. To us, roll around the world. That's why I love that. Yeah. So that was, and and but that comes from from that generation, and I think that musical um, aesthetic. It, it is the original sort of punk aesthetic. And I think we can get back to some of that as well. And mm. also that the audience go, yeah, we don't really want this, rather than everyone going, oh, this just politely going, how long is this going for? Two hours? All right, have a little snooze. Oh, good, nearly <laughs> finished. Do you know what I mean? It's like we can be much more yeah. honest about what we want and what's going to help us and what's going to um, give us joy and all of those things. So, it's really, yeah. it's really quite exciting and as I always say it's very yin and yang fen and shui start skin hutch do you know what I mean there's, there's yeah. light and shade in pig in everything and I'm yeah it's artistically exciting I'm thinking of the, some of the shows I've done with you do you remember office party love where people took the clothes off and got drunk and all that. Do you remember that, love? <laughs> I do. <laughs> if anybody yeah. came to that, we did that in Edinburgh. It was absolutely sellout. Then we did it at uh, the Pleasant Theatre in London. It was an amazing idea, It wasn't idea, just wasn't people taking the clothes off, but it was about, but it was. No, it, it was wasn't. The audience there was opera. <laughs> opera. There was opera singing. There was, there was opera. high wire there was acts, there. balloon racers, you name it. It was in it. People piggy loved it. This joining <laughs> yeah. in. It wasn't all about getting yeah. drunk and taking your clothes off, but that did happen. It did happen, yeah. <laughs> it was. It's about joining in. But you know what that was? Was that that was basically um, the same thing? It was like saying, "How would it be that four hundred of us pretend to all be at an office party and see yeah, what happens?" That's right. It, that was a simple provocation, really. And then everyone yeah. went, "Oh yeah, great." And they Apart did. from this one time, and I don't know if you remember this, but um, you were you were in it, and um, but the the, the we had bouncers because it really did kick off. And this one time, yeah. so me as the sort of director, the security guard came and said, you, "Can you please come and talk to these two these two women because they're a bit upset?" So I was like, "Oh dear!" So I go and talk to them, and they go, <laughs> "We don't understand what any we, we have not understood a single thing that has happened." <laughs> for 45 minutes so I in my 
I want to like make them happy. I want to help, but also with my kind of director head on, I was like, well, I wonder because the the uh, opening bit was like people were divided into different groups and with different yeah. performers. So I was like trying to understand what experience they'd had and the different groups were divided into different departments in this fictional company and so in order to understand what experience they'd had I said to them oh can I just check what department are you in and then they went don't you bloody start (laughs) (laughs) I'm suddenly using the same same language of this fictional company which they hadn't grasped and so me just like reinforcing it they're like everybody's insane that's very funny that is come on don't you pigging star they must have yeah they thought they got through the exactly. Alice in You're Wonderland the one. and now what yeah. department do you exactly. they thought that yeah, exactly. they, they thought the security guard and I were the only ones who were sensible because we were stepping out of the theatrical conceit. But in fact, it's like I just completely let them down. I've never yeah, forgotten it's very, that. It's, it's very... Yeah. Now, another thing that you've been doing, again, zeitgeisty, but you've been doing a show that where you kind of made a thing like a care home, didn't you? I mean, of course, care home, yes. rightly so, in my opinion, because it should have been there before. People are thinking about them now, but they've been forgotten about Absolutely. for such a long time. They're a melting, you know, like something was going to kick off anyway. So, yeah, just it was, talk us it was... a little bit about what you found because you went to Japan and all, didn't you? That, um, anyway, tell us, Chris. It's interesting. Yeah, so it was, um, I spent a long time, the longest I've spent on any big project, but it was sort of three and a half years of research with me researching the care home sector in this country and then created a fictional care home where the audience come and live in it for 48 hours so it's a it's a show where you live and sleep and are fed and looked after and everything is Mm. is done for you and you have an experience of what it might be like to live in a in a care home and uh i yeah i wanted to do that exactly as you say to get people talking about residential care because we we don't and we have been encouraged not to and it's Mm. become Care homes are in our communities, but they're closed off. We can't get into them. They're not integrated. We, they're, they're bec- and all sorts of horrors have been happening in there, we think. We just don't know. And now what's happened is we know there's horror going on in those places. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's really dreadful, but it was probably on the cards that something would, would go catastrophically wrong because of the way it's been structured and the way it's been funded. I've just been writing an article about it uh, because I was asked to reflect on exactly this. And yeah, I mean, I think it's it's got to change and it's got to change with overnight as, as a result of the of the crisis. And the piece was a was an entertainment piece. Don't get me wrong. It was an, it was fun. It was um, immersive. So there was lots of entertainment, you know, all of that. And I really played with the theatricality. There was lots of that. Who, who's in the who's in the theatrical conceit and who isn't? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's just much more urgent. I think what's interesting is that I, 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 when we're describing some of these things, it's always fun, isn't it? And it's, it's it, a lot of people think, oh, it's either comedy or it's not comedy. But actually, it's like our life. You mix it all up. You can be talking about very serious things, but it can be really properly funny. And it can turn on a sixpence, can't it? Like life itself. Yeah, absolutely. And if there's one thing that I think uh, where I would sort of big up my my work and my sort of take on things is that that, that absolutely no need for any division between those two things. And I think 
all the skills I, I, I've got. Um, I value my sort of serious theatre skills just as much uh, equally as my as my comedy skills. And I think they're both really, really important. And to bring that together is is, is just essential because, as you say, that's our experience of life. Ta- you know, dark humour, that, that's come out so much. Yeah, tell us that story. I think it's quite a well-known story, but I think you were the first person that told it to me. It's about the clown Grimaldi. Do you know the story I'm asking you to tell? Oh, yeah. Will you please tell that? Lots of people have quoted it. Um, because and it, but it comes out of my you know my love of musical and everything. So Grimaldi actually pre pre musical, but he was um, the most successful clown in London and was you know killing it every night. And um, and he was really really depressed. And he went to see a doctor, and he said you know I don't know what language he would have used. I'm sure he wouldn't have said he was depressed, but he probably said you know he was melancholic. He had no energy. He was mm. feeling despairing about everything. And they talked for a long time. And the doctor, not knowing what to say, thought you know had a stroke of genius. And he said, I know you should go and see the the famous clown Grimaldi. And Grimaldi gently shook his head and said, Ah, but I am Grimaldi. No, no. and it's it's heartbreaking. And it, and it's that it is the cliche of the of the sad performer, which is of course a cliche because it's true. But there is, but yeah, he was capable of both of great joy and of mm. and of great sadness, and that is that is life. Yeah. It absolutely is, and like you know, we're all up and down with all this kind of stuff, right? Well, it's been picking. Is there anything else you want to say, love? So this show's on. What well, out of bit? We know how to get right. People can, yeah. Yeah, they can go. They can uh, go, and then uh, yeah, find find me on the socials, and then see what else I'm doing. I'm doing a little. Um, the British Musical Society that I'm involved with, they are doing um, uh, their first variety of musical day on Saturday in celebration of Roy Hudd, who I work with, <gasps> and, oh, and really love. So that's yeah. on Saturday. So I think you should all join in with uh, what's going on with that. And I'm what singing time is an that, old though? musical song. It's going on all day, and then again, I'll I'll post about it. And but the British Music Hall Society, I'll I'll send you a link, Barbara, and then you can. Yeah, that's that. fine as long as it's not on eight o'clock because I've got my own picking show. Then, Chris, this of is all right. You, you know, no, no, you know what I mean? Listen, love, it's all right giving other people a leg up, but you've got to look out for yourself and all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Everyone will be there living. Uh, <laughs> being, I had to keep changing. I had to keep changing the Did you, you get title. into legal trouble, Barbara? Well, you put, well, you know, living the Vida lockdown. You... Some fella's doing that one. Uh, Saturday night locking. Oh. Somebody in Coventry's doing that. In the end, we got having a pig in locking. No one's doing that, as far as I know, anyway. No one's doing that. Yeah. But anyway, well, that, so that, lovely. That, that was a good choice. But yeah, it was I'll, a good um... choice. <laughs> I'm only joking. He's only joking about the other thing. Rod, he was lovely when he Rod. He was absolutely. Was he called Roy. Rod or Roy? Yeah. <laughs> Roy, yeah, and that's Rod Pollen, you? I know that. You keep <laughs> doing that. But, but do you know what? Do you know what? I do keep doing it. Do you know what I think? I think that. I've got, you know, thankfully I've got friends of all ages and stuff like that and I've been doing a bit of Zooming with different people. It's funny we didn't know what Zoom was and now we're talking about Zoom and Gallery View. Yeah, like it's Only Aretha language. Franklin in a 1982 hit, Who's Zooming Who? She was ahead That's, of it. Oh, That's what no one's she? talking about. Look it Get up, it out 1982. There. Google it. Who's Google Zooming it, Who, kids. says Aretha Franklin. It Does might not be really? 1982, but it was in the 80s. Yeah, Who's, who's Zooming Who, she sang. Oh, Piggy uh, Brilliant. She's ahead of the game. 
<laughs> well, that's yeah. right. Anyway, so this yeah. young friend was saying that since she's been in lockdown, not going out as much, she can't remember anything. And I was thinking maybe, as you know, we, we think it's to do with getting older, but maybe it's just because you don't see so many people as you get older and you, you automatically your brain gets a bit befuddled. Anyway, I'm interested, love, you know, in what's going on. Yeah, vitamin D. It lose it, isn't it? It's the classic. Yeah. Yeah. And get and get taking vitamin yes, I've got D. Vitamin D spray. Whoa, yeah, I've been what's using that? the spray for, for several months. It's vitamin D spray, you put it in your cheek every morning. I've been doing it for about six months. Oh, yeah. I did the game again. I still again. got coronavirus, so don't. I wouldn't, but right, I did survive now, it. But. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to bring that up. It was up to you. Actually, Christopher, I know very well, has had the virus because I talked. We were on the phone together throughout it. As somebody who's been through it now, Chris, is there any? What's your feeling that you'd like to say to people? Because everybody's, you know, not everybody knows somebody. I do think it's useful to talk to somebody that has. We've, we have had somebody else on who's added to know, but what what do you want to say, love? Uh, I think it was um, it, it, it's certainly the illest I've I've ever been, and it was it was scary. It was really frightening, and um, and like you know, like I say, I'm a runner. I'm really fit, and it really shocked me how much how um, how much it affected me, and in how in so many ways. Um, but I did manage to get you know I got through it, and I, I stayed at home and was. Um, was looked after, I suppose. Um, but saying all of that, you know, now I'm on the other side of it, it it's not that bad, <laughs> you know, because I survived it. I think it's mm. just, I think the reason it's so terrifying is that we don't know how it's going to affect us. And it's not like a straightforward thing, like how fit you are is no bearing on on, on, on how you're going to get it. Right. So, yeah, you don't want it, basically, is what I'm saying. Right. Um, and the, the, other, the other side of it is... Um, if you get it even even uh, quite uh, in in quite a manageable way, I think it really makes you tired. Like I think it was exhausting. I was exhausted for about a month after I felt better, and yeah. that's quite a big shock. And that was quite a big shock to me. Um, yeah. Yeah. So all of those things really, and then my heart goes out to people that 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 have it really bad because it's so scary not you know when you when you really feel like you can't breathe and you feel faint and all of that so okay so that yeah, well, I think I what's what good saying, what you're saying a breakthrough is, message it's bad no, <laughs> no it was a good message because what you're saying is you don't want to get it you're saying it's bloody yeah. awful and let's try and keep you know yeah. keep ourselves as safe as possible yeah brilliant but you're back and you're doing this show and that's absolutely pigging brilliant and in a way I know we were talking about yes. it because it what because you were real right at the beginning of the lockdown, and it was like it was everybody was yeah. panicking, and there were you in the middle of it poorly. So it's just interesting. Yeah, I was. Wasn't I it? was. I got ill a, a week before the lockdown, so I was kind of yeah. So that whole first period was, you know, I wasn't really engaging with any of it. So it was yeah. kind of it was a bit of a shock when I sort of came back to my senses and realised the world was completely different. But, That's right. Uh, you got yeah. DIY and then to being do. Positive. I got DIY to do, and also, you know, I I find um, that I'm um, uh, I'm a, a lot more positive. This really suits me, and I think this kind of life really suits a lot of us. It really doesn't suit some people, but for a lot of us, it's actually really good. You know, setting smaller limitations, having smaller goals, being more satisfied with 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 tiny things. These are all positive things in our lives. Being more mindful, you know, in that cliche, is just is is really really good. I, I I met up with a friend for a socially distant walk on Saturday. That kept me that kept me high for about three days. 
you know yeah, it's, lovely. Uh, we can we can all have a lot less and, and get a lot more enjoyment out of it and I'll just finish off this now, Chris, because I think that's all true. And, and the cherry on the cake is today they've opened garden centres. We're all all right Yay! now, Chris. We're all, we're all all right now. Love, We can go and get our azaleas. Oh, it's been the most, I always, since the moment I first met this lad, I've taken in that to him. Park. In the car park in Birmingham at the Comedy Fest. Well, it wasn't the Comedy Fest, it was Pride, and they had a comedy tent. And I met him, and we've been... Very, very good friends since. And I bless that day. Thank you, Chris. Nice. Thank you, Dad. Thank you very much, Barbara. It's a delight to talk to you. And um, good luck on Saturday night. I might sneak in and lurk with my camera off. Oh, yeah. Come in and lurk, love. And then I'll, yeah. and I'll lurk on yours. When's your Sunday night? Well, then night? it's good because otherwise people will be too interested. They're going, what's Barbara Nice doing on this show? <laughs> I don't, yeah. It's funny because I think you should lurk anyway. One of the unwritten laws of being an act is not that you stand at the back. If, if, you, if you see an act sat at the front, yeah. you think, what the piggy neck are they playing at? We should be lurking. It's yeah, and then you start law. watching their face. Oh, she's not enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. We need to lurk. Lots of love, darling. Get that dressing gown right. on. I'm going to. I'll send you pictures. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you, my <laughs> darling. Take care. Yeah. Bye-bye, love. Bye-bye. Bye. So that was the brilliant Christopher Green. I could hear in the background chuckling over that story. Which one, which one was it that you really loved? Story when the people were complaining to him and, and said, don't you start. That was, I'm, I'm glad my microphone was off at that point, otherwise I would have derailed the podcast. I could see it on here just going up and down a bit. What, what in particular did you like about that bit, do you think, Paul? I think it's just, it's just the ultimate, the person thinks they are. They found the manager and they want to complain and the manager's part of it oh it's like a double bluff it's still happening <laughs> it's very funny isn't it some of them really makes us laugh as people yeah absolutely brilliant because you know that i'm doing this thing now that i'm doing my online saturday saturday night lock having in. a peter locking on a saturday night pigging whatever we're calling it that <laughs> so, through so many saturday pigging night. titles <laughs> That's causing lots of trouble. Would it be gallery view? Would it be this view? How do we let people know? Are you muted, unmuted? It's Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so if anybody's signs. listening to this and they haven't already got a ticket, I am going to tell you now that you need to, if you want to come, obviously, you need to get one soon because it's selling very well and we're going to close the box office, the virtual box office, at 12 noon prompt on Friday the 15th. So the show's on the 16th at 8 o'clock and then no, we're shutting it. We're both pigging hard on this, I'll tell you. But nothing comes from nothing. Nothing ever could. Julie Andrews, what a woman. Right, okay. Thank you very much, Paul. And I'm, thank you. It's very nice for that Sing Star Mike. And if anybody's got <laughs> one, get in touch on podcast. Nice. Okay, love, and I'll send this I've got a new thing as well as the Juliet Balcony. <laughs> Sing Star Mike, Juliet Balcony, that's me. <laughs> And a dad called Chris. So this fellow we've been <laughs> ah. talking to, ah, has he got back to you, Tom? He did, no. and he asked what me... What did he say? <laughs> he asked me to a correction, a very important correction, that uh, Moira <laughs> is not in Derbyshire. Moira is in Leicestershire. <laughs> and I had to correct myself. And then he said, if I'm a journalist, I need to get things right. And I had to correct him. I'm not a journalist. So get you get things right as well, Dad. He'll be listening again, will he, your yes. dad? He will be, what? and we've only mentioned him at the end. Ha <laughs> oh, ha. Right. What did he say to you? Something about because he's a narcissist. He's got to listen to <laughs> every time to see if he's mentioned. Yeah. We only mentioned him at the end. <laughs> leave him alone. I'll leave, I'll, right, Chris. Have a nice day, love. You and Moira. Where is Moira again? Leicestershire. <laughs> Close to the Derbyshire border. It's important. Close to where Chris Green comes from. Matlock, I said, piggy, Macclesfield. All right, ta-ra. <laughs>
I hope that fact's correct. Otherwise, we'll probably don't know about it. Tomorrow. I think it's quite good if it's not. <laughs> I think you should deliberately say things that are not right. <laughs> and also, journalists, when do they get anything pigging right? Right, so, <laughs> right. And on that, whatever it is. On that bombshell, yeah, don't believe everything you read. Barbara and I signing off. Barbara's in strides and nice in the biscuit. Keep laughing and stay alert, love. Chira. Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app.